0: Welcome to another episode of On The Edge with Andrew Gold. Now, this has been huge uh, recently. Everybody's been asking me, oh, Twin Flames, Twin Flames, do a cult about the Twin Flames cult. Uh, sorry, as I say do a cult about the cult? Do a video, do a documentary, do an audio, whatever we call this. This is a podcast, I suppose. Do a podcast about the Twin Flames cult and I thought, yeah, let's do it. So I've got a YouTuber called Sherilyn Dale. Do go check out her channel. It's great. She mostly does true crime. And this was obviously a crossover of cults and true crime. There's been a big Netflix documentary exposing this cult and a big Prime documentary as well. So everybody's after them. And the interesting thing about them is, well, among other things, is that they, (laughs) well, you'll hear about it, but they sort of turn... They they put women together and then make one of them be a man to the point that they will actually get like top surgery done, as in breasts removed, uh, and and start taking the therapies and things like that to become a man so that one of them can in this kind of weird religious system be the man and the woman uh, a big blend of sort of taking advantage of uh, popular cultural social issues or even contagions and mixing that in with old world religion. It's just bizarre. So Sherilyn knows all about this cult. She's been investigating it. She even joined their group online for a while to sort of get an inside look at what's going on. So as I say, check out Sherilyn Dale on YouTube. She's just fantastic. Uh, there's loads of big episodes coming out as ever, as always. Uh, but now you're on the edge of the Twin Flames cult with Sherrilyn Dale. Sheridan, give us a little overview of what Twin Flames is.
1: Okay. So do we want to know kind of what the general uh, definition of Twin Flames is or what Jeff and Shalia, these, in my opinion, cult leaders say that it is?
0: Hmm. Let's go with your first... No, let's say what they say it is and then you can tell us what it really is.
1: Okay. So... I mean, I guess, okay, that was a silly question because I guess they can kind of be interchangeable. But essentially, a twin flame is like a soulmate on steroids. It's A a soulmate is just – it's not at the capacity that a twin flame is. You should never want to seek your soulmate. You should want to seek your twin flame because that is like your soul split in two and you can never be whole and complete without your twin flame.
0: Makes sense. Okay, it sounds like a nice, lovely idea. What's (laughs) the problem?
1: I mean, I think there's a lot of problems with it in general. I do know that there, when I've started talking about it, I definitely have people in the comments who I think that they truly believe that there are twin flames out there, which I don't think can necessarily be a negative. I mean, who doesn't want to find, you know, your perfect partner and the love of your life and your other half of your soul? It all sounds so nice. But I think that depending on what like mental state you're in when you're seeking that out, it can be really dangerous, right? Because you become a little bit obsessed with it. And what happened when a lot of people who were seeking these answers found Jeff and Shalia, who had a YouTube page called Twin Flame Universe and then started a course, they started monetizing off of them they told people they could guarantee that they would get in union like they were and people really bought it up they believed it they started just shelling out thousands of dollars to find their twin flame and it wasn't happening Mm -hmm.
0: And that's quite sad and things start to get a bit desperate and it seems to start to follow a lot of the cult, uh, very typical cult issues. Even, and and with, with a bit of a twist, isn't there? Because uh, one of the reasons people kept saying, messaging me saying, oh, you've got to cover this, it's so weird, it's so strange. In many respects, they follow the cult template, which we can talk about, I'm sure, with the love bombing, uh, with the isolating from family, those kinds of things. But there was this weird twist towards the end of the series, at least on Netflix, that exposed this recently, where people were being encouraged to change their gender. Is that right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So what happened was... Let's. We'll go back a little bit. So initially, when the group started, they had people who found it because at some point in their life, they thought that they met their twin flame. So they were like, "What is this obsession?" Came across the group, and then Jeff and Shalia would say that they had access to God, and they can, you know, they were going to pray on it and see if that, in fact, was their twin flame, and they'd come back and say. Yes, it's been confirmed. That's your twin flame. And they would tell their members to just go at it with everything they had. There were restraining orders for stalking. People were arrested. Um, And then as this started to become more of a pattern and people were not getting in harmonious union is what they call it, uh, they started leaving and questioning the group. So what they started doing was matching them with the members within the group and being like, Oh, you know what? That was your false twin flame. This is actually your real twin flame. And it was someone in the group who they had no connection to no attraction to. And with these people, they are, it's not like a courtship. They don't encourage them to, you know, hey, why don't you guys go for coffee and see if it works out? You are moved to their country. If it's not close to you, move in together, start this relationship, which can be so dangerous because I'm like, just on my channel, I often talk about true crime. So I'm like, are we doing back checks on these people? Like (laughs) it, it can be dangerous. And then from there what happened was 80 percent of the group members are female so then it was you are a divine masculine and that could just be somebody who doesn't wear dresses and makeup every day so they would tell them to kind of really lean into that divine masculine and, and change their name change their pronouns and there are many members who have transitioned
0: Wow. So this was mostly female to male. Yes. And they actually went as far as getting what, when you say transition, sort of what what is generally called bottom surgery. Is that right?
1: So I don't know. I don't think anybody's publicly spoken about bottom surgery. I know that uh, there have been, you know, confirmed members who have had top surgery for sure, which is quite invasive. I mean, basically that's a full mastectomy wow. and yeah, and, and are on testosterone. So y- you can see in some of the videos on their YouTube, these members, you know, prior to transitioning and during that transitioning and seeing that, that change too. So, and I, I did, I do think it's really important to say that, you know, th- that this group specifically is not a representation of the trans community. And and it's what it does is prey on the trans community. It should never be somebody else's decision who you are. And you should never come to that decision because you are in programs, talking through with coaches, and they made you realize this. You know what I mean? Uh, Oftentimes when I speak to trans people in my life, it's something that they've known practically their whole life, not because somebody told them they had characteristics of being. Masculine or feminine.
0: Mm. Yeah, I suppose that's such an awkward thing, isn't it, to, to even discuss? But of course, uh, people who have, there are those people who have felt it their whole lives. And then there is a concern that other people are feeling sort of a social contagion, as we might get with uh, any other kind of issue in life. You, you think you're this, you think you're that. Uh, I've certainly been there with certain stages in my life, and we have to be absolutely sure before any kinds of surgeries or anything like that starts to happen. Uh, and absolutely. obviously, this, this was a cult full of. Well, with, with two people at the top who were potentially not very nice people, we'll, we'll, we'll get further into them. But then so that the the people getting at the top surgery, I mean, other examples i mean, of, of the, they're just couples and now, and then they're just living as a couple. That's just that's genuinely because it's insane, by the way. This is insane. Um, not that someone would get top surgery and be in a couple, but that they would just yeah. be two women. There's not enough men in the cult. And then they go, OK, you're together now. And, and are some of them just they're just living together and trying to make a life of it.
1: Yeah. And when you look at the, it's really sad. I've seen so many videos on their YouTube channel where it just, it's, it's almost like they're constantly talking each, each other through how happy they are it's like they're every time they're Uh. they're making a video it's like you know yeah it took us a really long time and and you know we're finally getting there and we're doing the work and they're trying so hard to see you know what what Jeff and Shalia or their coaches are telling them God wants for them and it just breaks my heart to see their faces, because to me, on the outside, it looks so obvious. But I, I mean, who am I to say that they, they aren't happy? But you know what I mean. Like, it, it's, it's, it's concerning, and it breaks my heart.
0: Yeah, it's really heartbreaking. And so many people are taken advantage of. You say 80% were women. Do you, do you, have you given much thought to why, you know, did the cult target women? Or is it something about women and what society tells women that makes them join this cult?
1: Yeah, I've definitely thought about it. And I think I, I don't I, I'm not too sure. I think a little bit of all of it combined. I think that as women, we might be more curious in that fairy tale soulmate aspect of love. Right. So when you're looking for and searching for a meaning of your connection with somebody, especially if a man is rejecting you, it kind of I don't know, maybe softens the blow of rejection being like, oh, this is, you know, this is my twin flame and it's not supposed to be easy. And then you really kind of lean into that.
0: Mm, they took advantage of their their desire for love. Um, who are then, tell me a little bit about, is it Jeff and Shalia Ayan, the leaders?
1: Ye- yes, yeah. So, yeah, Jeff and Julia, I believe they met in, I want to say, 2017. It could have been earlier than that, actually. Maybe that's when things kind of started getting really intense (laughs) for them. Mm -hmm. Um, They they met through a mutual friend, allegedly. Uh, They were both kind of on, like, this spiritual journey. Uh, Jeff had left his home in Lapeer, Michigan to go live in Hawaii. He was trying to do – I, I kind of like blog style travel blog. Um, then he was wanting to do life coaching, career coaching. He's he was like a young twenty year old guy with not a lot of experience in anything, and it wasn't obviously hitting. And so when he met Shalia, she was really interested in trying to um, kind of find a group of people who thought similarly to her with. I guess, you know, spirituality. She very much believed in twin flames. It wasn't something that Jeff had even known about prior to meeting her. So when they met for the first time, she was like I, this, you know, we're twin flames, taught him everything. And I think from that moment forward, they just combined her knowledge of all of that spirituality side of it. And then his business drive, because people who've known Jeff his whole life say his goal from as long as they've known him has always been money, make money, be rich, um, and not want to kind of have it self-sustaining. It's not something that he was going to want to constantly put the the effort into. So um, yeah, it they just kind of forged with her teachings and his business strategy and yeah, then now we're here we are today.
0: That's really interesting then. So they didn't necessarily make all of this up from the beginning. It's based on some sort of spirituality of the twin flame thing and she's a she seems to be a true believer, at least she does.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that is what people say like who who do know them that um regardless of whether Jeff did from the get-go or not, they do believe that Shalia believes with everything like in her soul that that he is is her twin flame because it's something that she had already kind of been seeking prior to meeting him.
0: That's interesting to know because when I was watching bits of this in the documentary, I'm, I'm watching it and I'm thinking when they're giving these little talks on Skype or Zoom or whatever it is, I'm thinking like, they're just making this up. And she's going, yeah, I like what you're saying there. And they're sort of just making this stuff up and just like rubbing their hands for money. But often with cults, I guess it is the case that these people are sort of, at least there's a cognitive dissonance where part of them is going like, business, money, ha ha ha. Mm-hmm. And then the other part's going, I really believe in all of this this yeah. stuff. And
1: yeah. then there's
0: like L1 Hubbard with Scientology. He said, if you want to get rich, start a religion. And then he did. And he got very rich. Um, yeah. This guy, he, um, uh, Jeff, he did... He seems to have actually tweeted years earlier. People are saying I should start a cult as a good way to make a business. So he seems to be a little bit more, you know, maybe taking advantage of people than than her, would you say?
1: I absolutely do. I mean, I don't think she's like complacent in, in any of this at all. She's so aware of what's going on and profiting, you know, <laughs> very much off of it, decked out in head to toe Chanel, Louis Vuitton bags, you know, constantly flashing her shopping for designer stuff. Same with him too. But yeah, I I, I do think that um, the start of that is definitely Jeff, that kind of instilled those values into her and then it just it's just kind of like a you know a, a snowball like it, it just starts rolling and you can't stop it and they've become obsessed they've they've profited off of everything they have a meal service they have an app um, they have obviously their uh, their course and their ebook Now they, I don't know if you know that they have a, like a trauma center, like a trauma program called MAP, which to me is probably one of the worst things that they're doing right now for people with PTSD and mental health.
0: Why is that? Tell me what that's about.
1: They, so what, I think what's happened when they started off with the Twin Flames, So much of it was to find your partner, but there was this component to it where um, you had to fix yourself before you were going to be ready for your twin flame. So if you were not finding your twin flame or your twin flame was not, you know, coming to the realization that, that you guys are twin flames, it's because it was your fault. You had to work on yourself. You weren't doing the work enough that they were telling you to do. And so it was almost kind of like a a scapegoat for them because they could just turn around and be like, oh, well, it's not anything that we were doing. They're still broken. And from there, so many mental health issues started coming up. And so they created this program called MAP. It's called uh, Mind Alignment Process, I believe. And... (laughs) The leader of this, so obviously Jeff is the CEO, and then there is another woman in her in there, and her name is Dr. Chrissy Emmerich, and she is a veteran. So she wanted to um, help treat a lot of veterans with PTSD, and there's actually a clip of Jeff talking about the program and and getting this licensed for for veterans, where he says, let's hurry up and get this license so I can be a billionaire. So right there, that shows you what it is. But what's really disturbing is every single person on their board, so they call them practitioners, are coaches who are from the Twin Flames Universe coaching program. There is not a single medical professional in this Group, Dr. Chrissy Emmerich is not even a psychologist. She has a a PhD in uh, public safety. So there's nobody there that is qualified to treat intense trauma, which is what they advertise on their website. They use the term intense trauma and they are not qualified.
0: There's so much here that I recognize from Scientology and nixium and other cults. One yes. of the main thing cults do, of course, is, is uh, well, apart from isolating you from the family and love bombing, is to suggest that only their medicine works. They, ha- they own the true psychology and not to go to other psychologists or things like that. The psychologist is, is immediately the enemy and they will deal internally with any issues. And the other thing, that it's your fault if it doesn't work. That's very typical of Scientology as well. You pulled it in, they say. So anything, even if it happens to you, anything out of your control they say is within your control um, i just want to quickly say i don't i'm going to get to comments and questions at the end but there is one that just caught my attention uh, i just want to i just want to say to people that there's a um, Money 69 says that my, my account's been hacked and uh, you applied to me and my photo and stuff like that. Uh, just a lot of people know this already and I talk about it quite often. There are hackers and scammers in the comments who will use my photo. This will be happening on Sherilyn's channel as well. It happens on everyone's YouTube channel and never believe them. If it's me, you can click on my face, I think, and it'll take me to the channel. But otherwise, it doesn't take, it doesn't take you there and it's all fair. I'll never ask you for your number and things like that. So do not give that and certainly do not give. Because there, just another cult and there's nothing i can do about them unfortunately because every time you get rid of them they just come they back they make a new one um, one yeah they make a new one and they just there's, there's just hundreds so you you I, all, all we can do is tell you guys so you're aware and don't uh give these people any money or anything anything all your details they just want all your info and stuff like that do not give it to them um, the one thing i was gonna one thing i really like about what what you do Sherilyn is that you are a proper journalist. You and I were debating this before coming on. You said you're a YouTuber. And I think YouTuber and journalist, you know, it's a crossover. And there's lots of YouTubers who are not really doing journalistic things. So I respect that you do that. Uh, and, I, and it's also why people should go and follow your channel, which is in the description. But um, you. you actually went and joined their group. So what went on <laughs> when you, I mean, it was just was it just online? And what was your experience? A few decades ago, private citizens used to be largely that, private, Alison Schrager. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, join them every Wednesday on What Could Go Right, available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Yeah, it, was, it wasn't too long before they before they caught me. They felt like I infiltrated. But um, I, I, I think I was in there for about two weeks. It was really disturbing um, what I mm. saw. Um, so this was only um, on their their Facebook group, which is actually normally how they communicate with everybody. That's where all the coaches are. That's where everybody, like you said, love bombs you when you join the group. You know, I think it was like an hour after I joined, there was the big like, welcome new members. And everybody gets on the, the thing and welcomes you, says that you have found the, you know, your home and everything like that. And then uh, somebody private messaged me quite quickly to say that they were my coach and um you know how how was my love my my twin flame journey going so far i wish i would have played around with it more but i guess i felt kind of icky about it so i just said oh good you know i think i'm married to my twin flame or something like that and then he he said oh good um so that was pretty much it but what was really disturbing for me was seeing the comments and just the desperation from people there was oh gosh what did i see in there i saw i saw comments about w- a woman asking for guidance because her twin flame was quite abusive to her aggressive wow. you know very aggressive and asking for help and she was told um D- are you doing the mirror exercise that's what they they tell people to do to You know, fix themselves. Did you do the mirror exercise? Um, He's trying to be your divine masculine. So you must not be allowing him to be divine masculine and you need to kind of settle into your role as divine feminine. Um, what else did I see? I also saw another woman who, um, she had plans, uh, like very big dreams of refurbishing or, you know, like renovating her family farmhouse. And she was saying that there was kind of blocks happening with this. And then these coaches go in there and, and say, um, I, I'm assuming they had already been talking with her behind the scenes and that she actually has a coach because it sounded like they were aware of the situation and they were saying, um, yeah, maybe maybe this is your sign to let that go and come and move to Michigan, because I don't know if he's finalized this yet or not, but he has been looking at a property that he wants a, a lot of like those key members to to live on.
0: Wow. It's, it's it's really like it gets so into your life. That mirror exercise is is particularly uh, insidious, I think, because again, there's that thing of it's all your. The mirror exercise is to you're supposed to think anything bad you're thinking about other people, like oh or, or he doesn't, he's not good enough, he hasn't replied to me or whatever, and then you put a mirror up and you put it on yourself and you go. I'm not good enough. I'm bad. And that's why this isn't working. And that's why I have to try even harder. And I think right. that's, it's so sad how they take advantage of that because I think taken in a very, very minor level, I think that's actually a really good exercise to do. And a lot of therapists yeah. do that kind of thing. Like I, I've been to, I, I lived a lot of time in Argentina. I'm out here for a couple of weeks now, but I was here six years and Argentina by coincidence just by, it just happens to be the world capital of therapy, like the most therapists in the world. They're very Freudian and very uh, anxious and whatever. So. Therapy is very cheap as well, affordable, like $10 a session. So I oh when I first goodness. got here, I was like, oh. Yeah. I was like, I'm we just gonna go that. do therapy. Yeah, it was great for me because it doubled up as a Spanish language lesson as well. So I'd go to this <laughs> therapy and chat every week. And I noticed when I first went, I was just like, Well, this person in my my life is bad because they're doing this, and that person's bad. And it took months and months for me to be at a very subtly start to understand well a lot of it, it i should look inwards and and learn not to have to control everyone else and learn to take uh responsibility for my own issues and not be able to control my environment exactly that's a great life lesson but all of these cults they take it to such an excre- extreme and right. it, it forced these people in the end to do extraordinary things should we get on the stalking maybe i mean maybe you can take us into a little bit more into what was going on i mean that stalking is mad isn't it
1: Yeah, and it's not something that they hide. I mean, uh, even when I was just kind of researching it on my own and watching like way too many videos that I even want to admit of theirs on their page, they say that very early on. um, If this is your twin flame, You have to own it and you have to go and bust his door down and show up at his work Like these are things that are still out there even on YouTube So I can't even imagine the extent of that behind the scenes But from some ex-members who have you know thankfully left and been able to share that experience It's definitely pushed that they shouldn't stop and when they come to the next session being like well He placed a restraining order on me. It's like, okay Well, what are you gonna do about that? Like what are you so you're just gonna let a restraining order stop you from being with your twin flame no like you show up at his work you 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 keep doing the work and it's like there's a woman who was arrested and then she said this poor thing said that she was laying in her jail cell unable to call her family because she had the the relationship had already been tarnished from being in this group so she laid there and was just repeating the mirror exercise to herself because that is what was ingrained in her from this group and when she got out of of jail. Um, I think that was on the net. um, So the Netflix and the prime documentary kind of intersect with each other. And I think it was on the prime one where she said that when she got out, Jeff was like, congratulating her being like, you know, I didn't know I didn't know how serious you were about this. And now you know, you really you gained my trust, because she got arrested.
0: (laughs) That's proper. That's mafia stuff, isn't it? That's like, hey, you 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 served your time. You stay. You did your time, and you didn't. I don't, I don't know what accent that was. It went sort of Irish, but uh, not not gang, gangster American Sopranos. How does that sound? Like you? Can you do it? Can you do that Italian American Sopranos? I don't know if that's offensive to Italian Americans, but Sopranos. <laughs> it
1: would be if I tried, because I'm not good at accents.
0: Supoib. <laughs> uh, so hey, that's supoib. <laughs> <laughs> you you stayed in the prison i, I don't know yeah um <laughs> probably offended lost about a, a thousand subscribers just there for that um <laughs> it is it is look it's it, it's it's mad it's mad that this went on as as long as it did i mean how much were i mean classes i think were sort of 222 dollars per month is that like mostly how they were getting their money basically
1: Mm, yes, I think a little, I think that's probably how it starts out, right? It always starts out with the book. And then, you know, you can read the, or you can watch this free introduction. And then from there, it's the coach's responsibility to push on the other, you know, like the full meal deal where you get access to their full library that has. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of videos in their back end So none of the stuff that's on YouTube or what they talk about in the group This is like access to everything and I think the full amount if you want to get that full course is $8888 because they do everything in numbers. They're very numerical try to be like it's the you know It's your sign to get this so but yeah a lot of money.
0: They really take advantage.
1: Yeah Hmm.
0: It is. It is. So uh, I'm interested in just people in the audience right now uh, who believes just in the concept of a soulmate. So put a one in the chat if you do believe there is a soulmate. There is one person out there who is just for you, and maybe you're with them. Uh, and put a two if you think the whole idea is nonsense. I'm just intrigued what what people think. Make sure to hit that like button uh, as as you as you go. Um, what is going on right now with the twin flame cult is there i I saw there might be an fbi investigation or something
1: i hope there is um i do know that a couple years ago they there there were so many calls from family members just worried about their loved ones that uh they there was um officers who did go out and speak to jeff and um at that time there's not really much that they could do because he says i'm not forcing anybody to do anything this is you know people on the internet most of them don't even live near me we've hardly we haven't even met most of these people so i guess you know for hi- him that is that's true right like he's, he's there he's not forcing anybody to to do anything i think that if there is going to be anything that will be successful and stick to giving them charges of any sort. I think it would be like the free labor aspect. So it would require a lot of people coming forward who are who have left the group and banning together. Hopefully people who are still in it and see it that want to. But yeah, they're 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 having people do free labor, you know, slave slavery for them, basically. At, at every turn, they don't really pay for anything. No editing, no music, right? Um, they get people to create their websites, create their program, and none of them get paid.
0: Is there a multi-level marketing aspect to this at all whereby you then sell to someone, so they get paid in that respect, but then the people in the bottom are getting nothing?
1: Absolutely. And I would say even the coaches are barely getting everything, anything at all. Uh, my understanding is about a year ago, they took whatever the percentage of, uh, you know, the coaches earnings, they cut that into and now just take 50% of whatever they earn you know across the board so and and based on x members who were coaches they said that it was barely even livable before they were taking the 50 percent wow
0: yeah well this is sounding very culty indeed uh most people by the way put a two they don't believe in a soulmate but there were a sufficient number of ones i would say 20 percent or so which is you know fair enough people are allowed to believe in it uh what do you think so do you think there's a soulmate out there
1: no, <laughs> my husband's probably going to be like, what do you mean? We're soulmates, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, no, I don't I don't know. I, I guess I don't ever want to like hold on to that idea. I think that I'm somebody who just naturally gets super attached in relationships anyways. I'm a relationship gal. I'm a love gal. So I've had like lots of loves of my life, but in no way do I think like they were ever my soulmate. I think actually I have more of like that soul connection with like my best friend and my sister, if that yeah. makes sense, you know, like we're kind of like a counterpart. and I think my husband is like the love of my life. I love him so much, but i'm I didn't think that my soul was like yearning for him, and now I'm complete, and he was the second half, and we can live on an eternity in a thousand lifetimes together. <laughs>
0: I think that's a really good point. Um, and, and I'm pleased to use the word like complete, because that's a mistake I think a lot of people make. And I think that idea, which is not just set up by these cults, but I think like Hollywood movies and things like that, you complete me, that kind of thing. I think that sets up unnecessary pressures and gives people expectations that are never going to be fulfilled. And I think right. if you go into any relationship hoping to be completed in some way by the other person, that is doomed to fail. I'm, I'm not saying that those people who do believe in soulmate, I think that's fine if you believe in that. But you, I think you need to believe in it just personally in a way where it's like they don't complete you it's just this is somebody I want to be with Um, Yeah, and you feel that connection
1: and, you know, that that somebody understands you, but I know it's so cheesy to say, you know, before you you can love anybody, you got to love yourself. But that is true. You know, if anybody's going to focus on soulmates, Mm. it's like, you know, work on keep, you know, making your soul complete first and then, you know, start adding people to the mix from there.
0: Yeah, I think the less you demand or expect of other people, because you're just happy by by yourself, you're happy doing your own thing, the happier both people are going to end up being. Um, So the soulmate thing, I think, you know, fine, believing in it, but... But not if it's like, like again, it's like that thing. A lot of these ideas are really nice ideas. Like, oh, a soulmate, that's lovely. And then they're taken to such an extreme by a cult. And it's just, it's no good. Also, I, I don't like the idea of a soul. I think it's a more beautiful idea and I often think this with spiritual ideas that they, they, they seem more beautiful on the surface, but there's often a humanist version that's more beautiful, which is like, we're humans and we can actually work to have loving relationships and right. work on ourselves and work together and, and make things work in, in a way where soulmates just like, oh, you just happen to be born in the right, whatever. Um, have you had much response to this? Have you had any response from the cult itself or people having a go at you for speaking out about, uh, against them?
1: No, I, I all I hap- that happened was um, when my video, my my first video went live. I'll have a second one this week, actually a follow up to it. Um, when the first one went live, uh, it was like I think that day or the next day that I they kicked me out of the group. So <laughs> they found I should have changed my name. You know, I think Sherilyn was pretty obvious. I probably would have been the only <laughs> Sherilyn in the group. Um, was
0: there a picture of you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not not very oh, good journalism, gosh. right? Uh, or I guess, you know, like <laughs> investigative journalism behind the undercover journalism. Um, yeah. So I guess if I were ever to do it again, I'd probably I, I'd, <laughs> I'd be a little bit more discreet. But uh, no, nobody really has. I think the only thing that I've really seen in the comments in terms of not even really supporting is just kind of what we touched on before that it's not necessarily a bad thing to want to work on yourself. You know, that mirror exercise is not a horrendous idea to try, you know, to try to take some responsibility and accountability for your feelings and your actions, but it's the, the abuse that happens from that. They took that and completely obliterated the concept.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, you've got, I think, 111,000 views at the moment uh, on that video from a few weeks ago. And it's an interesting thought that somebody from that group, maybe even the two leaders themselves, watched it and then went, hang on a minute. And they pointed (laughs) at the Facebook group and went, get her out. She's, that was her who did that. That's, that's great. So they probably, they might have known already, they must do background check checks on everyone who joins. They probably already knew you were a YouTuber, but they didn't know that you were, yeah, not, not a twin flames believer yeah um do you worry at all that the netflix special might actually bring more people to the twin flames cult
1: no um i i i I do i think that it's i think it's serving its purpose for the most part i'm seeing a lot of awareness um everywhere that i'm you know TikTok people are talking about and that's what we need to do like we need to spread awareness not even just to uh, um, prevent people from going there but i think allowing um, maybe members who come across it that are thinking about leaving or even family members who have felt really lost and unsupported, they can feel a little bit validated, you know, because one thing that has been said to about family members coming forward is that the way that they cut them off is very final. It's very cold. It's very just... Uh, emotionless, almost. And that's actually a description that Jeff and Shalia's friends and family have also said happened when they cut them out of their lives. So you probably think, you know, even for their family that they're beating themselves up, they must have done something wrong. What could I have done so wrong that they are this angry at me that they never want to speak to me again? So maybe I don't know. I think if anything, what it's going to do is it will attract their numbers will grow um, because of curiosity. Because you know, like me, wanting to go in there yeah. and see what it's all about. But I hope you know, uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't encourage people going into the group because I feel like what it does is it. If you're going to go in there and blast it, it actually pushes those people further into it because they're like, you know, these people don't get it. They are not on the same plane as us. What I do encourage is sharing this information. If you see them come across, you know, see them in a group, a support group that you're in because we know that we, they are on video admitting that they go into PTSD groups, um, sexual assault groups, and they push their map program so that it'll be a member or a coach from the group and they'll go in there in these other groups that people have traumas and say, we've got the answer for you. Come and do this program. Come to do the MAP program. So I think that awareness um, is good so that you can be aware of it and look out for people and signs in your own groups outside of this one.
0: They're going to find it much more difficult now to penetrate or or sneak into mainstream therapy groups and other places full of potentially vulnerable people now that there's the Netflix and Prime uh, documentary. So that can only be a good thing. Um, You you mentioned, you know, families feeling bad. Have they done something wrong or is is something wrong with their daughter or son? 20% of the people were were, were men as well in in this. One thing I'm always wondering about with cults, and I know you're you're quite, I'm interested in what you have to say because you've done a lot on cults and true crime and these kinds of uh, group mentality. When you first start learning about cults, everybody tells you, this could happen to anyone. Don't blame. And, and I don't think we should blame the people because what's the point? And it doesn't help. It could, anyone can get sucked into these things. I'm not so sure that's true now the longer I've looked into this. I think there has to be specific personality traits or issues. What What do you think might might be getting people into a cult like this?
1: vulnerability heart you know i think it could be any any um just so i'm i'm interested in you actually saying that i'd love to you know not even on this session but talk about it later with you about if it's a certain personality trait because i definitely am somebody who can think I could never get sucked into this but then the more more you think about it I can think about a mental state that I could have been in years ago where I wasn't really doing well in my life I didn't have my mental health issues sorted out and controlled where maybe I could have come across something like this and just felt so loved and so seen and it happens like before you even realize it it's not it's not It's not sudden. It's they—they're very good at gaining your trust, love bombing all the things you've said. Um, But I think before you—you even realize that it's too late. You're so in. You've already talked yourself out, and you don't want to lose that um, connection and that uh, community that you've joined. Right? Mm -hmm. Most of it is not even about the leader. You've so many people stay because they've made friendships within the group, and they don't want to be ostracized and they don't want to lose that connection. So I, I, I just think it's it's a, a matter of a vulnerable state. And I, I do think that it can happen to to people who think that it couldn't happen to them.
0: Yeah, well, that's definitely true as well. And, and I, I'm wary of sort of saying all this stuff. And there's probably people watching going, but you are in a cult or you think ideologically about this or that. So I'm sure that does happen. And I feel like I think everybody can be fooled In one way or another. But I think a cult is a specific kind of being fooled. And I think one, I mean, you touched on it, which is community. So to an extent, it needs to be somebody who searches for community. Now, I am very happy with my YouTube community, but in real life, I'm very much, I'm quite happy with my own time. So I don't, I, that's why I feel like I, I don't, I, it doesn't appeal to me at all. I quite like being on my own and not having people around. Yeah. So I think on, on, in addition to vulnerability, it has to be someone who's seeking a uh, community who need, maybe in somebody who gets energy from being around others uh, and validation from being around others. And I, I don't know yeah. if that's everyone. So that's why, that's why I sort of narrow it down a little bit. Like not everyone can get into a cult like this. Uh, and these people, what you know.
1: I would agree too. I, I would agree with hmm. it at that aspect too. I mean, as I get older, I definitely I, I don't want to be around <laughs> many people. <laughs> like you said, I do love the I love my YouTube community. I love they you know my 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 followers called my followers I'm culty right now call themselves the Sippendales and I I absolutely love them. But yeah, I, I would rather stay at home and watch Netflix on Twin Flames and all of, you know Mother of God and everything like that than go out and. <laughs> talk to people and pay money to have friends
0: but. <laughs> I wonder if that's like actually a lot of people watching now are probably feeling the same way that they uh can't be bothered to go out and actually have like a proper you know that they're just happy being on online what did you say? you say the S- Sippendales
1: yeah that's my cult
0: okay where's that from? so obviously Dale <laughs> Chippendale right Chippendale <laughs>
1: There's Chippendale, Yeah, right. so Sip and is so yeah, it was actually one of one of my followers who came up with it. So initially uh, when I started my channel, um, it was called the uh, like True Crime Wine Wednesday. So it was always, you know, like we're sipping on a drink, talking about the case and then from there the sippendales formed.
0: That's fascinating. I like that. <laughs> we were uh Edge Hogs because the podcast was called On the Edge with Andrew Gold initially, so Edge Hog like a hedgehog. Uh, I love but it, it- <laughs> it's sweet and at home because I'm, I'm in an airbnb at the moment but at home I've, people can't even see it because it gets blurred by the camera at the back but i've got a little ed, uh, hedgehog there as a little <laughs> icon but I, i've sort of moved the audio podcast is still called on the edge with andrew gold but the the youtube i've split into two so this one is is just my main channel with my name and then the other one is called heretics now which i've just started which is all people saying heretical controversial uh Things. This whole, so, yeah, I don't know right, how Edgehogs is going to continue. But, you know, it's great that we, we have those, those kinds of things. Um, going back to Twin Flames in, in particular, um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. The, what, when it started getting really bad was that Jeff was basically deciding who people could be with. And how did that sort of evolve? Because I get, like, was it initially that the, the, the people would join and they'd be like, oh, I like that person? And then he would say, yes, that's your Twin Flame. Or how, how was a Twin Flame decided?
1: Yeah, they would. They would say, okay, um, you know, they find you. If they find yourself to the group, tell us your story. They would tell the background of how they met this person. Um, and then I, I don't know if they'd, you know, sleep on it or how many days it would take them to come back, but they would say that they were going to talk to God and confirm that this was the twin flame, and then they would. So then they had to backtrack when it wasn't working out and the restraining orders and stuff like that were coming. And then from that moment on, it did seem like the majority of the people were connected through the group and not anybody else. And so that control kind of came over because... I think he was then saying, no, that's a false twin flame. You, you And and I did see that a lot in the group, not even from Jeff and Shalia, but from other coaches where somebody would post and be like, oh, I, I met my twin flame today. Yeah, I'm so excited. Da, 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 da. And they'd be like, beware, it could be a false twin flame. You know, I recommend getting with a coach and working through and making sure that you're not wasting your time. And it kind of is laying down the foundation for them to, you know, set them up with somebody within the group. And they're actually trying to now, I don't know if any have been born. I haven't seen an announcement, but they're calling them golden babies. So they are (laughs) taking twin flame couples within the group um, and then going to like assign golden babies to them. And I think Jeff is the one who's allowed to choose the sperm donor because obviously a lot of the couples in there cannot biologically have um, children. So he, he's going to choose and approve the sperm donor. And then the plan is for these golden babies to become twin flames in the future so that this continues on
0: again, like so culty, so typical yeah. cult. Uh, the Moonies were big on that. Those huge weddings that they used to have, like where the, the leader, uh, Reverend Moon, was was choosing who could be with who. Imagine the God complex you have to have to not just choose who you'd be with, but who, choose who the sperm donors would be, yeah. and who the future generations of the twin flames are going to be. Oh, Absolutely yeah. Absolutely crazy. And he
1: calls himself oh. God. His his God complex is not hidden. I mean, he, he says that he is the second coming of, of Christ a lot wow yeah oh yeah
0: wow well there you go I can't argue with that can I I mean I can but (laughs) that's crazy so so well okay there was one bit in in the documentary that I I didn't quite follow I don't know if you if you might have understood better There, there was a woman who got uh she was okay so so Jeff was saying to her in this big group of people and he was saying to her come on you've got a a twin flame or whatever. And then she was saying no, no, no. And then he said, Oh, you don't you didn't you get a text message or a Facebook message or something like that? And then she eventually had to be like she was like crying and she was going, Oh, I could get one from someone. What was tell us and for people who haven't seen the documentary at all, set that scene for us. What was actually going on?
1: Oh my goodness. So I- yeah, that one gets me fired. I, I just recorded and talked about that one yesterday and I, my editors were just like, you're mad. I'm like, I am mad. Yes, that one particularly really upset me. First of all, she was only 19 years old. Um, She got brought into the group from her sister who... They really attached themselves to because she was actually one of those success stories where she had met her twin flame out of the group. And then he was on board when she said, I think we're twin flames. And they really were like the poster couple for this group. So I think that they really wanted her sister to also kind of have the same story because what you know what better example for them than to have the one sister who came in brought the sister and now they're both married with their twin flames this works for everybody right so yeah I I don't think the documentary made it clear if that was orchestrated I personally believe that it was that Jeff reached out to that guy and told him to message her because of just the way that it played out. They, they're they in their first group session where it's an in-person meeting. All of these members are meeting together for the first time. They've really focused on this one young girl. And then to put her on the spot the way that they did to say, this is your twin flame. And she's horrified. He's not somebody that she was attracted to. He was 30 years old. She's 19 years old. And then it was basically like, what's your twin flame's name? They're... <laughs> And then we find out that he can't move to her state because, like I said before, there's no courtship with these people. It's you go start living together, work on getting married. Let's, you know, let's get this this train moving. So he couldn't move to her state because he had a criminal record. He was a felon and he was on probation. So they told her to move to him where she doesn't have her support, she doesn't have her family, and she did. And when she started telling her coach that she was being abused, they said that she should take some MAP sessions, that mind alignment process, and basically told her that that she wasn't supporting him enough. This is why his mental health was out of control. This is why he was being aggressive. Um, she needed to support him better. It's disgusting. Oh my
0: god. That poor woman. Like what what's become of her now?
1: I think she's extremely traumatized. Her and her sister have both gotten out, but their relationship has never been the same because the you know, the younger one kind of has resentment of being like I trusted you. You brought me in here and I trusted you. And what's interesting is the sister did get her. The older sister finally said this is wrong and got her sister out. She drove to her house. Packed her bags, got her out. So she essentially, you know, tried to rectify and do everything right. But the way that that older sister came to the conclusion that this was a cult was because Jeff had actually asked all of those top coaches to watch the Nexium documentaries and come up with, you know, reasonings why he was not like Keith Runeri and why he was not a cult leader. And she said the majority of them were like, well, you are. The, you seem to have wow. similar characteristics. So they were in a 24-hour healing session to sit down. They were on chairs. They weren't allowed to go to the bathroom until they came to the conclusion and believed that he was not a cult leader. And she left.
0: That's incredible. So first you've got this, again, the Scientology, the hole, where they throw people in the hole and they make them stay there for 24 hours or weeks sometimes until they think that black is white and white is black and just say things that aren't true. So he's taken from that. He's clearly taken from Nixium. then if he was even comparing himself and trying not. But despite trying to tell them to find out why he wasn't like Keith Raniere, he grew his hair long and made himself deliberately look just like Keith Raniere, didn't he?
1: Yeah, I mean, he says it's G- it's because he's Jesus, but yeah, I think they both kind of did um, like that, right? Like <laughs> they're taking from Jesus.
0: I love this idea that like you're going to be Jesus, so you have to have long hair. Like like you have to have as long anyone, hair. <laughs> yeah, as a, if anyone even knew really what Jesus' hair was like and what people looked like, but no one knows that the hair, as right. if the hair's Im- important. That's it. Um, if you have
1: long hair, you're Jesus. let <laughs> grow your that's hair great. out, Andrew.
0: <laughs> I did, and people used to say Jesus. Uh, they used to say Rod Stewart or, or Owen Wilson. People, if I had the long, because I dyed it blonde when I was about fourteen. Oh, but, I uh, can see. not. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. but it didn't look like um didn't look like jesus i don't know but uh another another look, one of the most horrifying aspects of this cult is this idea that if the man wants sex and again this is something we see in all cults or many different cults except not scientology actually but because they're, they're surprisingly puritan and, and puritanical about uh those things and no one should ever have it really but most of them if the man wants it he has it that's what's going on what's going on there
1: Yeah, I didn't know that aspect, but um, I I did learn more about that from that from the Netflix documentary is that is very much their teachings that um, it's your and they do talk about it, I guess, a lot on their YouTube, too. Uh, I find it very uncomfortable and cringy to watch the two of them talk about their sex life and they do it a lot more than I wish they would. But um, yeah, and their essential idea is that they believe that the divine masculine and the divine feminine role are, you know, whatever the traditional marriage roles and that it is the woman's job to provide her husband's needs whenever he wants to and at minimum once a day. They say you should be doing this once a day and if you're not, you need to work through your blocks. There's something going on because your souls need to join in order for, you know, everything else in your life to align. I've
0: got some questions here. Are you happy to take a couple questions from the audience? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. We've got Charles, who says, "Wait, twin flames made people turn trans." I watched some of the Netflix docu series, but it sucked, so I stopped. <laughs> I don't. Th- I didn't think it sucked, but fair no. enough. And I know you've already covered this, but maybe just for people who joined a bit later, you, you could just sort of go over the, the sort of strange trans element.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that that's that's very true. Uh, what happened was um, about eighty percent of the members that are in the twin flames. Group are women, so when they were trying to set couples up, and they ran out of the the men to the female ratio, they started picking women who had more, you know, masculine features or traits, and say that they were, you know, a divine masculine, and they should hone in on that, um, change their name, change their pronouns, cut their hair, and and transition
0: absolutely crazy that there was a cult i guess picking up on some of the local like sort of the, the modern culture aspects i guess cults always do that and that's something where they saw they could get an advantage and sort of maybe be listened to there's some people saying nice things like amelia mccoy saying omg two of my favorite people yeah in reference oh. to us so that's nice i it? love it and then
1: Hello, amy amelia. bumble
0: amy bumble saying what andrew, andrew- and Sherilyn.
1: <laughs> yay crossover dream so
0: she, Exactly, she's happy. Uh, it's good to keep people happy. Um, let's see what's the question here. I'm not sure I entirely know um, what, but maybe you might. Kim John Thorben says, "If there are twin flames, then why would the group need any behavioural methods?"
1: I guess because they are saying that if you, if you are not becoming you know in union with your twin flame it's because there's something wrong with you so you need to fix that first and then everything else is going to fall into place so they're saying if if you if you're not you know if it's not working out with you and your twin flames it's because there's a a lot of work that you have to do which is when they push you onto the map program and everything else that they can
0: Hmm, interesting. Uh, I've got one here from TD Garden. How would you compare Twin Flames and Scientology? I could take that if you want, or you could go. I mean, yeah. I don't know how much yeah, you know about Scientology. Yeah, I think
1: you're the expert, I'd, and I'd love to hear it <laughs> from you.
0: Oh, well, I mean, as you said yourself, I mean, he was clearly following the work of Keith Ranieri, who at Nixium basically wrote out the Scientology blueprint. Nixium was really interesting in the sense that they didn't have a folklore um whereas most cults tend to have some sort of religion if you think of heaven's gate they've got this uh, aliens thing scientology has an aliens thing um Jonestown has this sort of left-wing utopia thing going on so they've all got some sort of weird folklore thing to complement their um new age psycho babble stuff whereas nixion were just like screw that we're just we're just people who make you feel happier and more successful and uh they also more than Scientology Nixon aimed at women because I think there were a lot of uh, particularly wealthy women who were wives of successful men in California and New York in these kinds of like suburban places where a lot of women sort of you know were uh, had these very promising beginnings and then they 're like forty forty five years old fifty and the, their kids have flopped you know fled the nest or whatever, and they 're like oh well what's my purpose now so Nixon went after them and they used. Uh, celebrities just like Scientology did so Richard Branson was was always pointed out by Nixon that he'd like gone to he'd given a lecture or something there the Dalai Lama uh, and things like that so twin flames as far as I know didn't use or weren't able to use celebrities they did have a spirituality thing that was more sort of God related uh, so Scientology wouldn't like that so in in those respects it's very different um, in not focusing on celebrities and in and in having this sort of traditional, almost Christian, but twisted uh, mythology. Scientology believes that um, Christianity is just some form of brainwashing to distract people from the uh, evil Uh, intergalactic warlord uh, Lord Zinu and the billion people he put or billions of people he threw in a volcano and stuff like that so those things are really different but then the things we discussed before about love bombing about um, everything being your fault no matter what happens even if it was completely other people did things uh, those are very much and, and a disdain for modern therapy those are just straight out of the Scientology playbook. Um, they don't seem which to is definitely
1: something s- that he used to, that he used to do too. He used to say that he could cure anything, right? I think he he oh. uh, prior to really uh, like owning in on the uh, the twin flames, he was offering healing sessions, saying that he had some cured somebody of their cancer, and yeah.
0: <laughs> that's that is mad but that is that's that's the culty stuff isn't it uh thanks to hrh gossip for the super chat hrh gossip has been a long time viewer and is a, a very valued uh member of the of the edge hogs community as we'll call it for now Edgehogs, they love it edge <laughs> hugs. that's what it's about i think i think that's all good for now people should go and check out your channel tell us again what it's called and i mean i know how they can get to it but tell them how they can get and, and what you're up to on the channel at the moment
1: yeah, it's just it's just my name, Sherilyn Dale. Um, I usually post two videos a week. Um, generally, it's true crime related. Um, lately, I've been sprinkling more of the cult aspect into it, problematic people and groups, which um, interests me a lot. Um, with true crime stuff, I generally like to work a lot with families and um, you know surviving members of, you know, victims of crime. So yeah, I would love if, you know, if you like that and hearing from family members and all of that stuff, I would love to have you over there. I also have a foundation, the Sippendale Foundation, where we do help um, family members get justice for their loved ones because the costs associated to trying to get justice are just astronomical. So join my Sippendale cult.
0: (laughs) But we we use the money to help
1: other people.
0: Oh, well, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. If you can do what you love doing and you're also able to help people, that's just like having your cake and eating it. You know, you you, you shouldn't get to have such a fulfilling job, but you do and you're doing a lot of great work. Thank you so much, Sherilyn Dale. People, please do go follow her. Make sure to share this podcast around if you find it interesting and different. And uh, I don't know if your friends might like it. I do, do people like podcasts? I hope they do. I hope they still do. I hope they're still listening to this one, of course. Uh, go and so if you want to support this podcast, of course, andrewgold.locals.com. And as some of you know, I've got a new YouTube channel called Heretics. Some of those episodes are coming out on this. I um, mean, well, actually, everything still goes out on this audio Uh, podcast But it's the ones that are sort of with uh, heretics, you know, these sort of profiles of people who are saying things that go against the culture or who have left cults. That's going to be on heretics. And then some of the more celebrity-focused and uh, sensational things, maybe today's cult one, for example, um, where we talk about this big Netflix series, that's going to go out on my main YouTube channel. Anyway, do you guys even need to know this? Is there a crossover at all between people who listen on the audio and who watch on YouTube? Who knows? These are mysteries we will never solve. All I know is I hope I will see you next time.